You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with the property management coach and industry influence of the year, Kurt Stafford and guests. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Influential Conversations. And this week, my guest is the fabulous Eden Mouser from Sweeney Real Estate in Altona. Now, a little bit of background about Eden. Um, we've actually never met, <laughs> except online. But Eden's been in the industry for nine years. I've been aware of her for quite some time. She's the department manager at Sweeney in Altona. They've got 1,100-odd properties under management and a staff of 10, which is a huge number of people to be managing. As anyone in, in management knows, it's staff management is not an easy thing. Eden, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and so very, very much for your time. I know what it's like in PM land. It's, we're all crazy. We're, we're, time pressure is, is, is always on us. Now, tell us about you. What's the Eaton Mouser story? It was all kind of fell into my lap going into real estate, to be honest. Um, I was working in corporate before. My role, I was working in superannuation at the time and my role got made redundant. And I was speaking to a girlfriend one day and she'd been in property management for 10 odd years and she said, you should try it. And I thought, okay. And she told me a bit about it, didn't really take it in. I just thought, all right, I'll go do my, my agent's rep and I'll go from there. And then I got a job as a receptionist. And then within that two months, I just fell in love with it. And within two months, I was in a property manager role doing end-to-end managing 220 properties in the city. Um, <laughs> yeah, for yeah, yeah, for someone who's who's a novice, and, 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 I, and I mean that very kindly, to go from you know, no knowledge to managing that number of properties I'm, I'm guessing on your own without great deals yeah. of support. Uh, that's that's huge. How yeah. did you do it? What, what 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 did you do to survive in that? How did you manage that number of properties and do it well without losing your mind? It was actually a lot of extra hours. <laughs> 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 I just thought of it. Well, if all the, it all comes down on me, so if it's not getting done then mm-hmm. it's going to affect me. So to keep my sanity, it was actually putting in the extra hours so I could go home and have a good night's rest knowing, okay, I'm not going to get any complaints coming in tomorrow because I've dealt with everything that I needed to. Yep. Um, it was a little bit easier, like looking back on it now, because there were majority apartments, but it was tough. It was very tough. Right. And it was just... A, I didn't know half the things I know now, and I'm just when I look back, I'm like, "How did I do that?" <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It's it, 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 it's interesting you say you, you went from um, from 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 zero to twenty because that was my initiation to it as well. I, when I started in this industry all those years ago, I'd, I'd had a uh, I, I come from selling real estate, and I basically burned out, and I got handed a portfolio that the director had tried to be managed himself with an assistant and it was the same size mm. so it was again tough baptism particularly yeah. when things hadn't been done right yeah we didn't have any systems that we've got now it was all routine reports were handwritten and typed up on a word doc and creating borders to make mm. it look pretty and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's, uh, let's let's not go there yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I had a, I think it was a thumbnail dipped in tar to, to do my, my first round of routine reports. So, what do you reckon your 
What do you reckon your, your, your learnings were out of that first role? What What did you take from that into whatever the, the next role was? I had to learn a lot of things myself. So I had to know where to source that information from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spent a lot, a lot of time on the phone to Consumer Affairs, looking online, looking at the Residential Tenancies Act, and I think being thrown in the deep end like that actually made me a stronger property manager going into my next role. Yeah. Um, and then it just, and then the support that I got from the next role that I was in really broadened my knowledge and really made me appreciate the role that we do each day. And that's when I really started to fall in love with property management and couldn't see myself working anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I did have a, I had a, had my daughter and I was on maternity leave for about t- two years and I thought about leaving the industry and then I thought, there's no way, what am I going to do? This is what I was meant to do. <laughs> like, I love it. It's crazy yeah. and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I look, I, 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 look I, I totally get it. Um, I was told many years ago when I first started thinking about it as well, I was told by a, a guy who... Um, sort of took me under his wing a little bit. He said, look, he said, you can try to leave this industry, he said, but it'll get into your bloodstream and it will always call you back into it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things. That, and look, it is. And I look at it and I think it's it, it's an amazing sector that we're in and the thing that keeps us here is the people. Yeah. It's the relationships that you build. Have you found that? Yeah. Like um, speak, even with clients, with the staff, like especially the team that I've got now, like we all we all get along so well. We're all a bit crazy, all love our job, but we're all there for each other. And, and even with our clients too, especially on this side of like Altona area, you build better relationships with your owners and your and your renters because you're having that general chit chat, not just a transactional com- conversation. Um, so, you know, we'll see them down at the street, say hello, have coffees, whatever it is. And I found that working on the other side of town, you didn't really have that, but on Mm. this side of town you do, and it's really nice. Yeah, it sounds as though you've got more of a community focus there than by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's something that we we miss to a certain extent because in a lot of cases it does become a bit transactional, Mm. and particularly when you're dealing at volume and, and, and at pace, yeah. And it takes, you know, you've got to take that time sometimes just to sit back off it and get to know the person. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting that that, that you're saying that, that there's a difference between where you are now and where you were previously. Mm. What do you attribute that to? Is it because the that your area now is one of that's more what more family oriented, yeah. sort of less less transitional? I would say it definitely is more fam- family oriented. It's more the mum and dad have their investment property, the one investment property, and you know, or they that was their family home that they're now renting out. So it's a very different to the clientele that I've had previously. Mm-hmm. But I find that as when you do have that connection with with your clients, um, it's a lot easier to get things done, and they trust you more. To be able to have some form of connection, you always find a common ground with them. Like I find something like when we're having a general conversation, I'll see something that I'll have the same interest, and I sort of play on that a little bit more, mm-hmm. so that we build that relationship. Um, yeah. So that when it comes to when things are hard, um, we can have those conversations and be open and honest about it, and they trust 
my recommendations and my opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so important, isn't it? I mean, that's you know, if, if you take the time to build that relationship, to establish it, to start with, and then to build it and strengthen it, it does make the entire process, and, and particularly um, when when you have a, a difficult conversation. Yeah, uh, and we do have it frequently yeah. in this in, in this sector. Um, but if you've got the relationship already, it makes it a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, it does. What do you What do you do? I mean, I know you said a minute ago you, you try to find areas of common ground and common interest. What else do you do? Do you think to to help create that relationship with someone? How How do you How do you go from being, um, say, a new client to uh, or, or dealing with a new client to establishing that relationship of trust with them? I think it's that everyone that I speak to, I look at them just like a human being. I don't think anyone's higher than the other or whatever it is. Everyone's equal. So when I speak to them, I speak to them like an equal and I listen to them. I have a lot of empathy for them, understanding. You know, it's it's tough at the moment for our owners with all the costs of living going up, all the new safety checks that need to be done, all these extra funds that need to go into an investment property. So I think it's really important that we do have those that can that relationship with them so that you can have those open conversations. Like I'll have owners tell me that, you know, I can't afford this. And then my solution was, I've got really good trades. Let me see what I can do for you. Maybe we can get you on a payment plan. You can pay it over six months. And I've done mm-hmm. that for a few owners um, yeah. just so that it releases some of the burden on what they've what they're dealing with at the moment. Because it yeah. is tough. Um I but I think yeah, and, and I don't know of anyone who's finding this an easy time. I mean, if you look at mm-hmm. their, our cost of living is uh, has skyrocketed. Um, yeah. Mortgage costs, rental costs have, have, have all gone up. So it doesn't matter whereabouts in the scale you are, yeah. you know, you're facing increasing costs. And it's 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 really, it's it's a challenge for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it's you know, if you can foster that relationship with them, they can be more open about it. It just makes, you know, Make, it makes the whole transactional side of things flow a lot more smoothly, doesn't it? Are there any yeah. other tricks that you've got or any other particular tips that you might have for, for resolving those sorts of difficult conversations? I think I'm a very solution-focused person. So if someone's telling me <coughs> an issue, I'll pick out everything in that conversation, okay, this is what I need to fix, this is what I need to look into, um, and then I'll give them options and I'll say, okay, if we go down this road, this is what could happen from if we go down this one or this is what will happen if we go down this one. Um, and it gives them options and it gives them a, a, a bigger picture of things, of what's available to them, what are the, what's the outcomes that will come from that. And I think as long as you, you're very transparent, you know, I'll take ownership. If I make a mistake, I'm the first one to say, you know what, I stuffed up, I'm, I'm really sorry, but this is what I'm going to do to fix it. I feel that... If you just come to them with a problem and you don't have a solution, that's already giving you a barrier. Whereas yeah. I think they, our profession, we need to come with solutions. Let them make the final decision, but give them options. And if yep. you're gonna if you're gonna promise something, you keep that promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so for I think, sure. Yeah, I just think they're they're probably the most important things. And I find that if that happens over time with that same client, where you're being transparent, you're being um, you have empathy, you have understanding, um, you know, you're keeping your promises and you continue that throughout your whole relationship with them. It will just continue to get stronger and stronger and it will be an easy process 
whenever dealing with their property or their tenants or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh, I absolutely agree with you. I, I got schooled in that very early on as well when I uh, picked up the phone to, uh, to to Atlanta. I think it was the second weekend actually I'd ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was my second Saturday in the in, in the sector. I picked up the phone to a guy who owned two properties who were side by side in Frankston. And before I even got through the conversation of saying this is what I think we should do, he said, Kurt, I engage you to manage the property, not bring me the problems. That's a really interesting point. Even though I hadn't finished saying to him what I wanted to, he was already preempting that I was just going to be like a lot of other people and just hand him a problem rather than say you could you know, these are the options that are available to you. But I think something else you picked on up on there um, right at the very beginning of that is that you, you you don't shy away from from trying to hide from a mistake that you make. Mm. And that's one of the things that we all do. We when we've made a mistake, it's it's you know, own up for it. Yeah. You know, because we've stuffed up. Everybody does. Everybody mm. makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. But people know when you try to hide from it. Yeah. So you know, and that's, that I think really causes us some some grief. But if you've got that confidence in yourself and the confidence in the relationship with whether it's your, your, your owner, your trade or your tenant, whoever it is, to say, hey, listen, I've made a mistake. I, you know, I neglected to do something. I did something without you know, advising or whatever it is. Mm. But this is the solution. And then apologise. Mm. I found it a lot easier. I use a four-part uh, solution to it. It's... Problem, action, reasons, significance. I call it pass formula. This is the problem. This is what I've done. This is the reason I've done it. And this is what it means to you. I just find that works beautifully. Yeah. Have you got something similar to that? Do you use something along the same sort of lines in your conversations? Yeah, like it it is a little bit structured in that sense. You know, I'll... I would talk to them about the problem. If it's something that I made a mistake, I'll tell them I've made the mistake and then I'll say, but this is what we can do to fix it and this is what will be the outcome. Um, So that's usually how I structure my phone calls. If it is or face-to-face, if it is an issue that, you know, we've stuffed up on and it happens, you know, we're human. No one's perfect. (laughs) So I wish we were, but we're not. (laughs) Well, no, I think, yeah, I, I think we need to be human. Because we yeah. are dealing with other human beings, and that's that's the thing. It's you know, we, we are in we are in the human relationship business. Mm-hmm. Even though we say we're pro- in property management, we're not. Mm-hmm. The, the, the property's static. The property doesn't have any emotion. Yeah. It's the people who are involved with it that have emotion and have feelings and views that we need to take into account. What are some of the things you find that you love about the role? Other than you know, we've touched on the people, we've talked about that a fair bit. But what else do you? What is there that you, you enjoy about what we do? I love properties. I love homes. Um, yep. You know, I love that every day. It's it is different. Like you don't know what's going to happen. You might have your normal, general, everyday property management things that come through, but then there'll be someone throws a spanner in the works, and then you're like, okay, how do I deal with this? I've never dealt with this before. So it kind of mm-hmm. keeps you on your toes a little bit. I also find that it's an industry where you'll never know everything. And I don't think I would ever be bored because in this industry, like I've been bored in other industries before. And I think that's why I've stayed in the industry so long is because you're constantly learning. I always say to the team, I'm your manager, but at the same time, all of you have different skill set. So I want to collaborate with you guys so that we can get to the outcome that we want to. Um, I'm the first one to put my hand up and say, I don't know everything. 
So I think it's good to be continuing to learn. The people are great, like we said, um, you know, helping people find their homes as well. It is rewarding um, and to help with the mum and dad investors and, you know, the grandparents that have the one investment or whatever it is and helping them to have their retirement money and finding them good renters. It's, it is fulfilling. Yep. Yep. Almost definitely. And look, that's, that's, that's something I think that we, we sometimes lose a little bit of cycle uh, is that we're dealing with people at a very baseline level in terms of their overall security, their, their overall, um, you know, their, their sense of security and their sense of self. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about the, the owner, whether we're talking about the tenant, it's still right at the very bottom. If you look at, have a look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're only one step up from sleep and food. It's shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's financial security, depending on which side of the, the, of, of the, of the relationship you're on. Yeah. And we, we tend to, I think, lose sight of that sometimes. And I, I know I've done it. We, you know someone's on the phone and you go, oh, God, not them again, because you know it's going to be a problem. And it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. And you've just got to try to shake yourself out of that and realise that at the end of the day, there are people that have come to us with a problem that they want solved. Yeah. And particularly when they're looking for a house in this marketplace, there's a lot of people with problems that they want us to solve. We may not have all the answers. Mm. We need to be making sure that we give as much information as we can. We all face challenges. I mean, you know, let's, let's look at the period since 2020, this time three years ago. We were you know, sort of just emerging from a lockdown and, and a major national or international one. We've, so we've all had challenges. Where do you go um, when you're in that state? Where, what do you do to help yourself get through whatever challenges you face? Usually I talk with my family a lot. I vent a lot to my family. <laughs> they probably don't, they're probably sick of hearing it, but they're probably the ones that... Um... Yeah, the dog's my best counsellor. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I probably speak to my family a lot. They sit there and listen. They, they don't know the real ins and outs, but just to have someone to talk to and not that's not involved in whatever we're dealing with, just someone from the outside... I think that relaxes me quite a bit and then I can refocus, I can get rid of all the emotion out of it and then I'll go back to, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to achieve? Um, and I self-reflect a lot. But that's pretty much what got me through COVID because we really couldn't do anything else. So um, that was mainly you what it was. But it was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, it, it, it is... It, it is it's interesting because, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about this over the last few months when I've been running these podcasts and and the the, the, the one thing that's become very clear to me is the importance of, you know, having a support group around you, whether it's community, whether it's family, whether it's within the office. It's having those people around you that is your circle of trust mm-hmm. so that you you do have people that you can rely on. And as you said, you may even just be venting to them. There may be people you want to, you know, seek advice from you just your camera's just gone but that's okay um but um how, how do you find you, you you help your staff with that what where have you sort of pointed them what direction have you given them when they come to you with those sorts of challenges especially through COVID they used to call me a lot and because we we're all working from home sometimes I'd be on the phone to some staff for an hour just talking just venting 
I'm like I said, I'm a very solution focused person. So when all those changes were coming into play, I was already looking at okay, how can we implement things so the girls don't need to know what they need to do. It's already there for them. So they don't have to worry about, okay, what do I do in this scenario, that scenario. So I tried to make sure that everything had a procedure in place with all the COVID laws, with the new laws coming in, um, making sure all our systems were up to date and be able to do all the things that we needed it to do so that they didn't have to worry about those type of things. But when they were having a tough client or whatever it was or having a tough day, I would talk to them a lot. We would have. We also did trivia nights on Friday nights, so we bring that in for the whole of our office, including sales and rentals. So we used to do zooms with trivia nights. We'd all have a glass of wine, you know. We got them gifts over COVID, so we all got things delivered to their homes as an appreciation to say thank you for all their hard work because it was tough for everyone. Yeah, um, so it was just all those little things. And then when we got out of COVID, um, I, I arranged for a day spa with the whole team. So we went in, off to the city got an hour facial, an hour massage, had a lunch, had a couple of drinks on a Sunday um, just as a mm-hmm. thank you and, you know, everyone's worked so hard and that was yeah. probably our toughest time in real estate was during those two years of COVID and all the changes that came with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then straight on the back of that we had, to, particularly in Melbourne, we had the changes in legislation yeah. um, and, and that, that just, I think that, that's, I think, Triggered a lot more anxiety for, for a lot of people um, because it was bringing up memories of what had happened over the, the, the year previous or the two years previous. Uh, yeah. And now, I don't know, are you finding that sort of settling down a little bit for, for you and your team? It is. Um, mm. I would say this year it has settled down quite a bit. It, yeah, definitely everyone seems to be a bit more be a bit more at peace than what they were a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I'm hoping it, you know, keeps getting better and better. But there is still a feel with clients is still a bit of the aftershock of COVID mm-hmm. um, that we're trying to handle. You know, everyone's still a bit stressed, and especially with everything that's going on economically now in, 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 in Australia. It's just it's hard. So we're trying to just help them through that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's all we can do really is be that support, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that, that goes particularly, I think, for the people that we've got around as our teams. Uh, are, are you still continuing to do that sort of team, I wouldn't call it team building, it's a team cohesiveness sort of exercises? Are you still doing social things? Uh, what, what have you got in place for the team now? So we do we do have like weekly, well, we have two weekly catch-ups now. So we have our normal like team meeting where we'll have catch-up for the week, what's anything new going on. And then on Fridays we do um, like a training session, but we do Friday night drinks. We've got a dinner coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, so the, the, the teams are very close. They all get along really well. They're all open, um, honest. They all try to help each other. Um, so we do have a good group of girls working here um, and they all sort of bounce off each other, which is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, that's great. But it's, and it's good that they feel they've got that support, um, not just from above with you and, and, and your directors, but also within the team itself. Where there's, yeah. And I found that that's, that that's a hallmark of most high-performing teams, that you know, you, everybody's working for the common good. Yeah. 
everyone wants to see everybody else in the team succeed and feel supported and, and valued. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the team that we've got now is it's very much like that. And anywhere that I've worked, it has never been this kind of um, that was so in sync. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it is, it, you really feel it when you come into the office. You can really feel the vibe. It's really nice. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, but that that's also I think attributable to leadership, and that's you know, directly you, isn't it? <laughs> 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 oh, is it? She says, oh, my God, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's all well and good to have a great group of people around you, but you know, culture starts at the top, yeah. really. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't come from, 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 it's not bottom up, it's top down. Yeah. So I think you can take a lot of credit for, uh, for the way that the, the team is, is performing, the way that they feel that they're being supported, and for just having a, what seems to be a, a really, really good workplace. Well, thanks, Kirk. <laughs> I think on that note, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Time, I think, is, uh, is is running down. I try to keep these to you know, 25 minutes more or less, and sometimes I'll yeah. go over it, and I just want to make sure the audience gets things in it that are you know, relevant, but we don't really drag things on too much. So, Eden... Eden Mauser from Sweeney Altona, thank you so much for your time. I, as thank I said, you. I really do greatly appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to seeing where you go next and see what's uh, what's what's the next exciting move for you and for Sweeney's. Thanks, Kirk. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and providing a total property care solution. Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties. And Agent Dynamics, the Australian market-leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow, and retain your property teams since 2014. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.